You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks very much for joining us. We start with breaking news right now from the BC wildfire front. 14 properties just northwest of Kamloops have been ordered evacuated as the Alley Lake wildfire spreads. BC's wildfire season off to a blistering start tonight with much of the province hotter and drier than usual. There have already been more than 200 fires across the province since the 1st of April, burning through more than 14,000 hectares. Right now, the wildfire service is paying particular attention to eight of the largest fires covering more than 13,000 hectares combined. John Hua has the latest. Massive flames fill the sky in a matter of seconds, prompting flashbacks of last year's fire season many near Kamloops were trying to forget. To see another uh, aggressive fire so close and so, uh, so early in the year, quite frankly, uh, you know, I'm sure it's got people on edge. Residents of 14 homes in the area are now being told it's no longer safe to stay. The Alley Lake fire northwest of Kamloops continues to spread, already doubling overnight to 1,600 hectares along the border of last year's enormous Elephant Hill blaze. Not uncommon to see fires at this time of year. Uh, what's unusual is uh, just how hot and dry it's been the last few weeks uh, and how uh, large and aggressive these fires have been burning. Well, it's hard to sleep at night. Near Darcy, the Husham Creek wildfire forcing an evacuation order for two homes. 29 properties placed on alert. It blew up pretty fast because it's been pretty hot days and in no time it was uh, it was up the mountain. Unfortunately, uh, our neighbor at Husham Creek has lost his cabin. Whether this is foreshadowing for the rest of the fire season is hard to tell. The rain that we see from now until the, the Canada Day long weekend, those June rains, are just such a critical factor in terms of how the season's going to play out. And where the wildfires are burning now is proof this province still has plenty of fuel. With the weather expected to remain hot and dry over the weekend, nearby residents say there will be little sleep. We're ready to go if we have to. As this year's fire season gets off to a vicious start. John Hua, Global News. A chilling announcement today by Surrey RCMP who, RCMP, who say they now believe a serial predator is targeting women in the Newton area. Three separate sexual assaults, all linked to the same suspect and possibly five more. And as Ted Chernecki reports tonight, they have a picture of the suspect vehicle and a new description. The RCMP now believe they're looking for a serial sex offender. This latest composite drawing, on the right, produced just this afternoon. These sketches come from different individuals, but we believe this to be the same person. There are at least three attacks that are strikingly similar. On April 24th, a woman was sexually assaulted near 84th and King George Boulevard. The suspect fled when she screamed. There were two more attacks on May 20th at 5.16 in the morning, and then again 23 hours later at 72nd and 134th Street. The suspect is described as a South Asian male, approximately 5 foot 10 inches tall, with a medium build and dark hair. He may or may not have facial hair at this time. Without elaborating, police also tried to reach out to the suspect with a perception of some understanding about what's driving him to commit these crimes. Sometimes we see a series of incidents such as this after a person has gone through a personal crisis. If this is the case, we encourage you to come forward and speak with us. 
With three attacks almost certainly linked, there are five more known assaults between March 15th to just yesterday that police are now looking for similarities. They've also released a video frame of what they believe is the suspect's car, a 98 to 2002 Honda Accord, brown or gray in color, with tinted back windows and a sunroof. We're a city of over half a million people. You know, that's a lot of eyes, that's a lot of ears, that's a lot of people in our community who are law-abiding citizens who want to help us with our investigation. It's one of the foundations of why we bring information to the public. Given how frequent the attacks are happening, police are concerned the suspect could escalate his behavior in any number of ways. Ted Chernacki, Global News. An Abbotsford High School teacher is facing a number of charges of sexual assault, and police are asking more possible victims to come forward. 50-year-old Henry Kang taught at both W.J. Mowat and Robert Bateman Secondary Schools. He's charged with two counts of sexual assault and two counts of sexual exploitation involving youth. His next court appearance is scheduled in June. A warning for parents tonight after the tragedy at a mission daycare where a toddler wandered away and drowned in the pool next door. Jill Bennett tells us why child care advocates say parents need to be vigilant even when it comes to fully licensed daycares. Very little activity outside the home where Melissa's Bright Beginnings Child Care Centre was operating in Mission until the licence was suspended after a 23-month-old girl being cared for there drowned in a neighbour's pool on Wednesday. This kind of tragedy speaks to how far we still have to go to build a kind of quality system that parents can rely on. The daycare, a multi-age facility, was licensed last September and inspected in January. The operator was given a few days to correct issues with having too many children under the age of three and a complaint about noise and supervision was also made about the daycare in April. Group sizes are put in place for a reason. Um, The child staff ratio is put in place for a reason because that's uh, a minimal way to assure that quality is in place. Gregson has been a longtime advocate for safe, affordable childcare in this province. She spoke out after the death of 16-month-old baby Mac. He died at an unlicensed daycare in Vancouver in January 2017. And in 2011, a one-year-old boy died at an unlicensed daycare in Coquitlam after he was left sleeping in a car seat. What has happened in British Columbia over the last almost two decades is that our childcare situation has descended into complete chaos. And so parents actually don't have choices. They feel amazingly fortunate to find any kind of licensed space at all. Gregson hopes the recent $1 billion announcement for childcare will make a difference. In the meantime, the RCMP investigation into the toddler's death here remains active. Police say it's too early to know if criminal charges will be recommended. Jill Bennett, Global News. The NDP government is promising hundreds of new safe homes for at-risk women and children. Premier John Horgan announcing $730 million over the next 10 years for 1,500 transition houses, safe homes and long-term supportive housing units. This, this initiative will help immensely because one of the critical issues when you're feeling, uh, fleeing the cycle of abuse is knowing that you have a safe place to be, to, to collect yourself, to make plans and reassess where you and your family can best get away from violence permanently and start on a road to, that all British Columbians want to see for themselves and for their neighbours. It's the day thousands of Metro Vancouver drivers have been dreading. Construction virtually shutting down a major route. Nadia Stewart joins us live on First Avenue in Vancouver. Nadia, tomorrow is the official beginning of the end for a lot of drivers. 
Yeah, by tomorrow night, folks are going to start to see those uh, temporary barricades and fences go up that will remain in place uh, throughout much of the summer. And then, of course, by Saturday night, we will see that dreaded uh, lane closure, right? So one lane in both directions on East First will be shut down uh, from Nanaimo Street to Rupert Street. Not going to be a pleasant experience, but it, it really gets real on Monday when the full-on shutdown is, is uh, underway. So what do people need to know? Well, you need to know that you're going to have to plan your route. There will be detours in place, uh, but you're going to have to think ahead if you are going to be in this area. People need to plan a little bit of extra time to get to their destination. If they check out our website, talkingenergy.ca, we do have an interactive map where they can see where we're working when, and that'll help them plan their commute. It's also important for people to remember that businesses are open in the area, and so to please visit them. Um, and then arterial, arterial north-south streets like Commercial and Nanaimo will be still open. So Saturday, look for those barricades to go up. Look for that lane closure on East 1st in both directions, just one lane. And then Monday, as I said, Sophie, that's when it all begins. That'll be the true test. Thank you, Nadia. Meantime, TransLink says it's preparing for another potential commuter nightmare, a strike that would shut down West Coast Express. The service could be affected by a labor dispute at CP Rail, where employees have rejected the company's latest offer and could strike as early as next week. TransLink says it's working with CP to keep the West Coast Express running, but if it is shut down, they'll run multiple buses in its place. And some breaking news in the airline industry now. WestJet passengers can breathe a little easier. The airline and its pilots, who were heading for a possible strike, have agreed at least to a settlement process. They'll go through mediation and, if required, final and binding arbitration. A major milestone for what will become one of B.C.'s largest and most expensive schools. Ground finally broken today for New Westminster's newest high school. And although it won't be complete until 2020, it will replace the city's nearly 70-year-old secondary school. Some worry that the 1,900 student capacity won't be enough for the growing area. But the education minister is assuring people the new state-of-the-art facility will have room to grow. The enrollment projections uh, demonstrate that this is the right size for the school going forward for uh, decades into the future. The upgrade does include making the school seismically safe. The price tag for all of this, $106 million. But first, two Victoria-area teens are being recognized today for their bravery. The brothers jumped into action when flames ripped through their home last March. Kylie Stanton has more on how they're being honoured for saving both their little brother and their grandma. Fire crews attack from every angle, but the flames fight back. Five people inside. Hard to believe they all made it out alive. The look on this young man's face says it all. I was super scared. 16-year-old Samson Parker was home for spring break last March when he came downstairs and saw the curtains up in flames. His three-year-old brother Jasper, only a few feet away. So I grabbed him, brought him to the backyard, came back inside and grabbed the fire extinguisher. At the same time, his 13-year-old brother Finn starts alerting others in the home. Their grandmother upstairs and a tenant in the basement. So I knock on his door and tell him, well, there's a fire. And so then we wait out front. 
and within moments, it's gone. The whole time thinking, please don't, please don't take my house, please don't take my house. And then just watching the history go up in flames. Just, it was sad, yeah. But today, as the saying goes, is about rising from the ashes. Good morning, everyone. Honoring these two brothers and the bravery they displayed when it was needed most. In my opinion, it was very courageous. You know, and by definition, courage doesn't come in the absence of fear. It's the foundation of the Citizens Meritorious Service Award, given out every year by the Victoria Fire Department. And Sam and Finn today are here to receive this award to represent the thanks for demonstrating those qualities that we all hope that we will all manifest, put in the same position. Proud doesn't begin to cover it. They did uh, what they should have done without thinking about it. And humble is an understatement. I was just doing what I had to do. The home has since been demolished, but the family plans to rebuild in time for the holidays. In the meantime, they're still coming to grips with all that's been lost, yet so grateful for everything and everyone who was saved. We just focus on moving forward so we can make new memories and be back in the neighborhood we love. Kylie Stanton, Global News, Victoria. The American government is escalating its fight against B.C. wine policy. It says it's unfair that only B.C. wines are offered for sale in our grocery stores. The U.S. announcing today it'll take Canada to the World Trade Organization and argue that the rules allowing only B.C. wine to be sold is discriminatory and against the WTO's rules. Well, if beer is more your style, then you are in luck. Vancouver's Craft Beer Week is kicking off today in its ninth year. The annual festival just continues to grow, much like the industry itself. But as Aaron MacArthur reports, some fear it's only a matter of time before the market becomes flooded with too many frothy choices. At the East Side Boxing Club, vulnerable women are learning self-defense. It's a program being partially funded by the overwhelming popularity of craft beer. It's huge. It's it's a it's a big deal to have this support and for us to be able to make um, you know a difference in the community. As part of Vancouver Craft Beer Week, a special beer was rolled out at Backcountry Brewing in Squamish. A part of every sale will fund the East Van program. It was a real honor. Like we're really we've only been open for a year now, and to have that to be asked to be part of this collaboration beer was we're really humbled by it. Craft beer is big business. The canning line at Parallel 49 runs 24 hours a day in the summer. And there are now more than 150 breweries operating in BC alone. People wonder if we've hit peak beer. Organizers at the Craft Beer Week see nothing but opportunity. The big brands still control three quarters of the market. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, when we first started out, it was probably six or eight percent craft beer. So it's been an exponential growth in the past, you know, five, ten years for sure. I always say as long as people have big beer in their hands, there's room for more small beer. The Craft Beer Week is now a major festival running through June 3rd. What started out as a one-night affair for a hundred diehards will now see more than 25,000 people walk through the door. Aaron MacArthur, Global News. Authorities in Mississauga say it's still too early to determine whether terrorism is involved in an explosion at an Indian restaurant last night. At least 15 people were injured in the blast. As Catherine McDonald explains, a manhunt is now underway for two suspects. 
It was a chaotic scene at the Bombay Bell restaurant around 10.30 Thursday night. Big blast, like a noise. And you, and you were in the bathroom? I was in the bathroom with my kids, so I came out. Everybody's here and there. This man and his wife ran for safety along with other patrons and staff. We could hear an explosion and when we reached the place, uh, there was lots of blood in the, in the floor. Many people was hurt that time. Women's uh, child. Police say families, some with young children, were here attending two separate birthday parties. When two men walked in, one carrying what appeared to be a can of paint and detonated the homemade bomb before fleeing on foot. I want to assure everyone that every police resource is being used right now to locate the people responsible for this horrendous act. Police say 15 people were injured, ranging in age from 23 to 69. Three of the victims were rushed to Sunnybrook Hospital with critical injuries. Certainly the people who have done this need to answer for their crimes and they need to be brought to justice. Police say the first man is 5 foot 10 to 6 feet, has a stocky build and is in his mid-20s. He had his face covered with a black cloth. The second suspect is 5 foot 9 to 5 10 with a thin build and had a hoodie pulled up over his head. The chief of police says they still do not have a motive for this horrendous attack. This man, who is part of a non-profit group which supports the government back in India, has his concerns. First thing, I mean, you know, this bomb blast happened, people think it's a terrorist uh, attack. But investigators say it's too soon to speculate on why someone would do this. There's no indication that this is a terrorist act, no indication that this is a hate crime. Uh, at this time, we haven't ruled anything out as we start our investigation. Catherine McDonald, Global News. A scary scene on the streets of Portland today after three women were mowed down on a sidewalk and it appears it was intentional. It happened right in the downtown core on the Portland State University urban campus. Witnesses say the SUV drove up onto the sidewalk, struck the pedestrians and then sped away. All three victims were taken to hospital. Two are suffering from life-threatening injuries. The suspect is now in police custody after police cornered his vehicle just hours after the incident. The man who ignited the Me Too and Time's Up movements turned himself in to New York City police this morning. Disgraced media mogul Harvey Weinstein is now free on $1 million bail. Many of his alleged victims are celebrating tonight, but his lawyer is vowing to fight multiple rape and sexual misconduct charges. Harvey, are you sorry? It was a day many thought they'd never see. Harvey Weinstein in handcuffs, turning himself in to face charges of rape and criminal sex acts. This defendant used his position, money, and power to lure young women into situations where he was able to violate them sexually. The three counts involved two different women. Lucia Evans, who says Weinstein forced her to perform a sex act in 2004, and a still unidentified woman prosecutors say was raped by Weinstein in this Manhattan hotel in 2013. Today, Weinstein was ordered to stay away from her. He's now out of jail after posting a million dollars bail, but required to wear a GPS ankle bracelet. We got you. We got you. Actress Rose McGowan, one of almost 100 other women who have accused Weinstein of sexual misconduct, reacted on Megyn Kelly today. It shows people worldwide, which is what I was hoping the whole time, that this cannot and will not stand. Weinstein said nothing, but almost seemed to smile outside. His lawyer saying he'll plead not guilty, maintaining any sex was consensual. Mr. Weinstein did not invent the casting couch in Hollywood, and to the extent that there is bad behavior 
um, in that industry. That is not what this is about. If the defense tries to use a casting couch defense, that is a real gamble because it implies that there was a culture of bad behavior that will not play well with a jury of regular folks. Prosecutors who faced criticism for not pressing charges against Weinstein in a 2015 case today asked for other victims to come forward. There were so many things that had helped protect him for so long, and today in the courtroom it really felt like that, that those layers of protection fell away. Final results won't be out until tomorrow, but exit polls suggest a landslide victory for those who want to repeal Ireland's strict abortion laws. The nearly total ban is amongst the toughest abortion laws of any Western nation. The historic referendum asking a single question, yes or no. Currently, abortion is banned even in cases of rape, incest and fetal abnormalities. If the amendment is repealed, Parliament has promised to draft legislation allowing women to access abortion up to 12 weeks, in line with laws in other European countries. A new investigation is pointing fingers at Russia, saying they are behind the downing of a Malaysian Airlines flight nearly four years ago. Dutch-led international investigators have announced all evidence shows the missile that brought down MH17 belonged to Russia. All 298 people on board died when the plane was shot down over rebel-held territory in Ukraine back in 2014. The investigation is calling on Moscow to accept responsibility. So far, it has denied any involvement. Chrysler Fiat has just issued a major vehicle recall. The company recalling more than 5.3 million vehicles across North America, almost half a million of them here in Canada. There's a glitch in the cruise control system that may prevent drivers from being able to turn it off. You're advised not to use it. The recall includes 15 Jeep, Dodge, Chrysler and Ram models built between 2014 and 2018. There have been no injuries reported, but if you suspect your vehicle is involved, you're asked to contact your local dealership. In Health Matters tonight, turns out there may be one benefit for holding on to those extra pounds. Researchers in Denmark studied more than 18,000 people hospitalized for infectious diseases. And it turns out obese patients were twice as likely to survive compared to those of normal weight. The reason, experts say obesity-related inflammation may protect the body from infection. You're watching Global News Hour at 6. We were talking to Captain Geo earlier. He said he's been out here for We'll save this years. one for the blooper reel. A cameraman who gets full credit for staying in focus right after Christie's forecast. <laughs> in yes. focus. In focus. In water. Yeah. Did he stay dry? Well, we'll find out about that <laughs> okay. coming up. Uh, Christy, we had our first evacuation orders issued in that fire near Kamloops, and I know you've got an update on the numbers now. Yes, that's right. So uh, just in the last 24 hours, we have had an update. So now two new fires of note, eight fires across the province of note. Those are the larger fires that uh, the um, uh, four forest fires are um, Pardon me, um, that they're paying attention to across the province because they're more, uh, they're larger or uh, are interactive. I'm sorry, you know what? <laughs> I have not had enough sleep. But the key here <laughs> interface is. Interface fires, interface <laughs> fires. You know, that's, that's what I wanted to say. Well, I've gone from flooding now, I'm trying to get up to speed on all my fires. But the key that I wanted to point out is that they are, there are seven human caused across the province out of 25 in total, um, eight of them being the fires of note. Three new just in the past 24 hours. It is Friday. 
Everyone's getting outside and we're heading into a weekend that's going to be beautiful in many areas. Please be careful. It's so dry. Check out these numbers based on YVR. May has been incredibly, incredibly dry. We've only had three days with rain. Normally, we would have 13. And we're not at the end of the month just yet. Rainfall, 1.6 millimeters of rain at the airport compared to 65 in total through the month of of, uh, uh, May. And then the mean temperature has been above that. And that's the case right across the province for the most part. So it is tender dry despite the fact we have been talking about flooding. But that's really just low-lying areas where that moisture is. Anywhere in between the low-lying areas and that snowpack, it is totally dry out there. Now, we are seeing some rainfall across the province. It's just not in the areas where we have the fires. And all of the rainfall is going to shift off into Alberta overnight. We'll be hot and dry again tomorrow. There'll be another wave that will push across these northern regions. But again, it will shift off into Alberta, not affecting areas across the south where we have those two new ones uh, that we're watching, the one near Kamloops and the one near Lillooet. Uh, We are still on flood watch. Slocan River and Shushwap River still under a flood watch, meaning flood potential. And we're expecting it to be potentially tomorrow. So we'll be watching that for you. There's your forecast across the north. The rainfall is mainly along the coast, further inland. It's hot and dry. Not as hot as what we saw, but it is going to heat up this weekend. We're back to 30 degree weather for the interior regions. And there's your south coast forecast. So we'll continue with some cloud cover, mainly in the morning, but the sunshine by the afternoon hours and still no rain, major rain in the forecast until Wednesday, where we just have a chance of showers at this point. And I'll leave you with a beautiful shot from Hope. Uh, Tana sent us this one showing the uh, swollen river there still. So we're still dealing with both fires and flooding. Beautiful shot. Yes. Great looking sky. Thanks, Christy. Thanks, Christy. Well, we all know water and oil don't mix well, but mm-hmm. sometimes water and live television can go wrong, too. We've seen it happen, and a reporter for Good Day Las Vegas is live on the air when her cameraman runs out of dock. He usually has his morning swim. Whoa. All right, folks. We just had a little water casualty, but Chris Banka, our photographer, is amazing, and we are taking him back in closer to the dock for safety. (laughs) The reporter keeps talking, obviously, assuring her boss is back at the station that none of the expensive electronic equipment got wet. The cameraman was okay, and he kept rolling, as you see, even getting that creative shot through a part of the boat. Well done. Yeah, the camera's fine. Don't worry about the cameraman. Yeah, he'll be fine. Well done. Hey, uh, he didn't need rescuing, but a duck sure did. A heartwarming rescue played out in a Richmond parking lot today, thanks to a mother duck who refused to give up on her young. As Tanya Beja reports, she wouldn't let some witnesses walk by until they got the message she was trying to send them. Chad Bryan was out for a walk on his break from work at London Drugs when a family of ducks caught his eye. I saw the mama duck and the babies. All of a sudden they came out, so I decided, oh, I'm going to film this for my niece. And then we followed them afterwards. They went underneath the fence here. The gate to the commercial parking lot in Richmond was closed. So the mom got underneath, and then she walked over top. And I did think to myself, I just thought, oh, I'm surprised nobody fell, right? And she stayed right there and kept squawking. At first, Brian thought she was squawking at the crows above, but when he squeezed under the fence to get a better look, he saw six little ducklings trapped inside. And I managed to pull it out, throw it down like that, and then I just started reaching in and just started grabbing them. 
Brian's co-worker caught the rescue on camera as the worried mother looked on. She was standing back a little bit and she was just making a bit of noise, squawking a little bit. But uh, I think she knew I was helping her. She stayed put until the last duckling made it out. They let me scoop them up and as soon as I put them out they started running to mom right away. Looks like she did a head count and then off they went. They started heading towards the water. And for his efforts, Brian earned a new nickname. Duck Whisperer right now. <laughs> it's a great feeling. It's a good thing to be part of that. So I'm glad I did it. Tanya Beja, Global News. Nice. This is out. Chris is out because... Where'd he go? It's because of the Boston, uh, Cleveland. He's, he's, that's his plan for Friday You know what? Night. Nothing ever he happens. Told me in, not to spoil it. Nothing ever happens in basketball until the last he's two got, minutes He's anyway. standing off to the side All with right. his fingers in his ears like All that. All right. You just stay like that. Uh, well, there he is right hey, there. Hey, you're not supposed to put me on. You won't get to that part till later, so you can have your fingers in your ear for about five minutes. Uh, it's official. Elias Pettersson has signed an entry-level contract with the Canucks. It's three years long, $925,000 per season. He has said today that even though in Swedish, in Swedish, his name is actually pronounced Pettersson, with the Canucks, when he's in Vancouver, he would like to be known as Elias Peterson. Hmm. So we are free to anglicize it. He also said his broken thumb is in a cast, but he will be fine by next season. Now, because of that broken thumb, he definitely will not be at the development camp in July. Should be good to go for the Young Stars Classic in September in Penticton, then, of course, be ready for training camp and the preseason. Well, it is the year to be different in the NHL. Vegas and Washington in the final that obviously has never happened. And for the first time since 2002, both teams touched the conference championship trophies. That silly superstition was started in 1997 by Eric Lindros and the Philadelphia Flyers, who then lost the Stanley Cup final in four straight games in Detroit. So that alone should have ended it. But for some reason it grew. And I always thought with this superstition, if both teams touch it, will there be no cup winner? Of course not. Uh, but the Golden Knights were the first team from the Western Conference to touch the Campbell Bowl since 2004 when Calgary did it and lost in seven games to Tampa in the final. But they've defied the odds the whole season, so why not touch it? By the way, when one team has touched it and the other hasn't, the team that's touched it has won six of nine times. The Caps not only touched it, they took a selfie with it. So hopefully this myth is busted. Whitecaps home tomorrow against New England, 2.30 in the afternoon. Caps home record, not great. Two wins, one loss, three draws. Uh, those draws could come back to haunt them at the end of the season if they're close to making or not making a playoff spot. What has hurt Vancouver lately is defense. They have been scoring of late, but they've also been getting scored on a lot. In their last seven games, they only have one win, and they have allowed multiple goal games in five of those seven matches. So... They've been good at kicking the ball and not stopping others from kicking it. When it comes to kicking for the BC Lions, this is the man they need to do the job. In fact, he does every job the BC Lions need when it comes to a foot. Ty Long is a multitasker. Any Lions job that requires a kick, he does. Last year, he led the CFL in punting. It was his rookie season and he also hit on 88% of his field goals. But kicking is something Ty has done pretty much his whole life. Um, I honestly, I, I always kicked um, since I was about eight years old. My mom has a picture when I was like two years old of me taking the cardboard out of the toilet paper and putting a football on it, you know? So I don't, I don't know what got me into it, but it's got me this far. 
Now, whether it's right or not, kickers are always thought of as the least intense of all the players. But during last year's preseason, when Ty Long won the job, he showed he's not your average kicker. He even made a linebacker quality tackle on a punt return. Is it like a pitcher and a no-hitter? If you realize that you may have to get out there and kick the winning points, do people start staying away from you? Um, I tell people to stay away from me the whole game anyway. I like, I'm a whole different person once I cross the line. You know, I'm, I'm in my zone. Um, that's how I've always been with everything I've done, so sports-related. So, um, yeah, so there, there is some similarities in that part. What isn't similar this year is the guy holding the ball for Ty Long. Last year it was Alex Ross, but he's gone. Now it's Cody Fajardo. Having a great holder is uh, so important. I mean, can't from college up, I've had, and even high school, I had great snappers and great holders. I mean, I give most of my success to them, you know. I mean, if I don't have a guy put in there consistently, I'm not going to be too consistent. Where do you want the, where do you want the football? How do you want it? Uh, for, I mean, I like it. If this is 12 o'clock, I like a little 11, and uh, not too much. I'm not too picky. You know, I just want to make sure uh, he's comfortable and getting hitting his spots consistently. Yeah. So you don't have a Charlie Brown moment for the no. <laughs> Houston Rockets are going to have to play game six of their series against Golden State tomorrow without Chris Paul, who's probably the biggest reason they are leading the series 3-2. But he strained his hamstring last night in game five. What makes this even tougher on Houston is that in the last two games, the Rockets have only used seven of their players. Uh, Jay's Phillies, I didn't put the uh, Celtics uh, Cavs up just because. Oh, that was nice. I felt bad for you. Because if you put your fingers in too long, it just stays that way. (laughs) Um, Justin Smoke, that's a two-run shot. Jays in the ninth inning have a two-run lead on Philadelphia. We'll see if they can hold the Phillies at bay. There you go. Coming up on ET Canada, new previews of Solo, A Star Wars Story, and Ocean's 8. Plus, Jason Priestley and Cindy Sampson tee up the second half of Season 2 of Private Eyes. That's coming up at 7, right after the news hour. Back to you, Chris and Sophie. That's a nice suit, Paul. It I is. Like it, lo- it looks very men in blackish, like you could make <laughs> us all disappear or something. <laughs> that thing. Technology can. Yeah, that thing, right? Thing. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Satellite debris. Uh, satellite debris. Uh, we're going to start off with uh, a couple of our old favorites uh, going to England for the car jumping contest, which I always find a bit strange because <laughs> if you watch this car jumping contest, and I'll show you right here, not making it is probably easier on the body than making it. So here we go. Again, mistreating rental cars. But, uh, see, I mean, it's not, a, it's not as hard a landing as you would think. Another example. Well, wait. Yeah, see, it's just a nice, it's, it's a nice soft spot to land. Well, watch if you do make it. If you do make it. Oh. Oh, it's a hard oh. hit. That guy's helmet came off. <laughs> All right, now to uh, Tokyo where the chimps, uh, one's escaped. Uh-oh. So this is the annual... Uh, in fact, this chimpanzee apparently alerted the media before he got out. <laughs> they did this with... Um, oh, they do it all the time. That's yeah. right. So uh, now what? the chimps on, a, on the move because these guys oh, have their special right. chimpanzee net. <laughs> I want that job. Which one? The chimp? The escape chimp. Well, maybe you don't want that job He's because after he quickly. taunts the guy in the Doctori truck, he gets shot. <laughs> oh, no. Well, just by a tranquilizer. But he goes down fast. Oh, he what a lightweight. French. One trank and he's down. <laughs> Anyways, uh, you know, all is well. They move in. They poke him with the special chimpanzee stick to see if he's asleep. And then they check his pulse. And then they wrap him up and they take him back to the zoo. That's a lot of 
A lot of work, but you know what? These guys practice and practice, so if a chimp ever gets loose, I don't like the chimp's trances. Mm. They're good. Okay. In a chimp suit. Especially the guy Mm -hmm. in a chimp suit. And he probably didn't know they were actually going to shoot a real dart at him either. Uh, Okay, here we go. A couple of commercials. This one, I don't even know what it's for. I just like it. Here we go. Billy, your father is waiting. Could you say something? I'm flying. Don't worry. It's nothing. Sorry. We're going where the sun shines bright. Hurry up! We're going where the sea is blue. Okay, boys, goggles on. Go, go, go! George. Yeah, package for you. Holidays sorted. Same day delivery or collect in store and at Sainsbury's. With Argos, you're good to go. There's a lot of legendary companies I've shown commercials for over the years, but I don't think I've ever shown any from IHOP. But I have two, and I like them both. Here we go. My fellow pancakes. Today we come together in the name of pancaking to make February 27th IHOP National Pancake Day. Pancakes! Every pancake... Pancakes! Every pancake is entitled to the pursuit of pancakes. Let us sign and protect the pancaking of this great pancake forever. Pancakes! Hey! What I tell you bozos about playing in the exhibits? To not... Is that my mop? Maybe. Come in on the 27th for free pancakes, pancakes, pancakes at IHOP. Got a literal fork in the road. If I go this way, I could pancake some pancakes, but if I go this way, I could omelette some omelettes. Omelette pancake. Omelette pancake. Alas, do I pancake or do I omelette? Give me the answer for... Hey, just go to IHOP. They have all kind of omelets that come with pancakes. You don't have to choose. Where is this IHOP? It's right there. <gasps> You're in trouble. I don't want that. Hey, don't leave that horse. IHOP's omelets, omelets, omelets. Come with pancakes, pancakes, pancakes. <laughs> It's got an A-plus ad game. IHOP came strong with the two ads there. There you go. Now we want some pancakes and maple syrup. Mm -hmm. And some omelets together. Yes. (laughs) And maybe some rain for fires, but Mm -hmm. not for the flood. Like, we're right in this weird kind of zone where it's fires and floods at risk. We want to keep the rain over the fires, away from the flood zones. Mm -hmm. Uh, For the lower mainland, still no rain until Wednesday. And even at that point, it's only a 40% chance. Uh, But we certainly will feel cooler conditions by that point. But we're down to then near average temperatures. Uh, So your weekend's looking dry. We'll see some cloud, but mainly in the morning. Okay, don't anyone text Chris with any basketball scores whatsoever. Or tweet him. No spoilers. And also, very quickly, to our live studio audience, happy birthday, Erica. Happy birthday. And thank you for donating to our children's school (laughs) for the right to be here. Have a good weekend, everyone.